Welcome back to the Conspiracy Club. We're glad that you've joined us. I'm your illustrious host for this week. Make sure you grab a couple of the minutes so you can follow along with Tom and I as we explore the country of Australia, mate. This week I have decided that following the crazy episode last week that was Skidmore, we should take a break from murdering people and instead talk about war. This war, however, is not your typical warfare between countries. This war is instead a battle between the country of Australia and the bloodthirsty, destructive, powerful emu. Now I know you're probably thinking, there is no way a whole country declared war on an animal. And as crazy as that sounds, I'm here to tell that that is exactly what the Australian government did November 2nd, 1932. But before we get to the actual war, we first have to talk about how we got here. So buckle up because we are now on the road to the Emu War. Honestly, there's no place that I can imagine this happening other than Australia. Isn't Australia the country that also had like the overwhelming amount of like cane toads that like were just everywhere? So... In order to completely understand why Australia would be willing to go to war with a bird that can't even fly, you must first understand where Australia was as a country. Because the road to this war doesn't start in 1932, we actually begin on our trip in the year of 1929. We first begin ironically in the good old US of A, where as we all know on October 29th, 1929, Black Tuesday occurs, aka the day the stock market crashed. This led to great economic downturn after this banks began to stop loaning money and people began to buy less and less. This led to more economic downturn and then next thing you know, over in the Great Plains, the Dust Bowl begins and now not only stock market six feet under, the farmer's market, pun intended, is dead too. I can, uh, I'm not even surprised at all to find out that America is the source for Australia's problems here. I really, I really don't know how because we don't have emus or anything like that and we're really far away from Australia, but it just makes sense somehow. So you might be wondering, what the hell does all this have to do with Australia? The answer to that is that in order for the USA to stay afloat, we as an America began to impose tariffs on all foreign imports, which sounds like a great idea on paper, but in reality this little thing spread the economic instability to every other country in the world like a disease. That disease would go on to be known as the Great Depression. Alright, I buy it, I buy it. Yeah, yeah, it started with us doing that and then it just kind of spread over then we started screwing other people over trade war yeah 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 and then the dust bowl too kind of it kind of screwed the farmers here so i mean it is what it is though i mean shout out to all my farmers out there i know you guys are living well i think and then they got their own dating website that's pretty lit yeah see that's the thing you well we have black people meet too so that's cool. Where's white's meat? That's where I want to go. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just going to step over just that. Just kidding. I do not want to meet any more white people. Right over that. 
Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. We don't even record in the same but, uh, room anymore. Because no, of it. yeah, we don't. Yeah, this is this is it. You know, the, this is gonna be how every episode is gonna sound from here on out. The racial tension was palpable. It was so after I watched that. Uh, how they see us? When they see us? Was, <laughs> when they see us? I was like, I'm in. The, I can't be in the same room as this honky. <laughs> I felt the same so, way about myself. I wanted to peel my skin yeah. off. You fucking cracker. But, uh, <laughs> all right, this leads to our destination, Australia. Australia was hit extremely hard by the Great Depression because of its reliance on the importing of Australian goods. And because of the Great Depression, no one was buying anything. They also decided to introduce their own form of currency, which they then tied to Great Britain's gold standard via the British pound which then ironically the UK began to mess with their own gold standard, which led to more economic instability. So by this point, Australia is royally screwed, pun intended. This leads to the farmers in Australia, who were in fact hurt the most. Following World War One, Australia awarded all their returning troops lands for farming, which was really cool, right? And more than Old Glory did when we gave our troops a glass of coke and a good case of PTSD. However, because of the Great Depression, farmers weren't making any money. This caused some of them to go and find jobs in neighboring cities. However, for the farmers who said, screw that, mate, I'm a farmer, life was about to get a whole lot worse for them. Because little did they know, a quick, angry son of a bitch was about to make their little farmer's life a living hell. I mean, part of this is just too real. Yeah. I will say I did like the what Australia was going for with giving their troops, like, land. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we just kind of were like, ha, screw you. You need a job, maybe? All right, let's kick all the women out. Yeah, get out of here, you women. You got to wait a few more years for World War II to get jobs again. So how I imagine this is kind of like a butterfly effect, except like instead of like a butterfly flapping its wings and causing like a hurricane in Japan or whatever, it's like a big event happens in America, which just triggers big events everywhere else. Yeah, that's kind of basically what happened. One giant thing happened with us. And then after that, we kind of just everyone got hit. But it and even wasn't... then, and even then that stems back to World War One. Yeah, exactly. World War One happens, then Great Depression, and then bam, here we are in Australia looking like a bunch of goofballs. Yeah. So around this time, Australia's national bird, the emu, came back from its migration. Oh, and this time when they arrived, they found a whole lot of wheat, which wouldn't have been that bad if there was maybe a hundred of them, which it was not. This time, when the emu returned, it wasn't just a hundred of them, it was twenty fucking thousand of them. This twenty thousand emu cost the farmers millions in lost crops and damages. And the farmers of Australia could not allow this to continue. They knew something had to be done. So I asked you, Thomas, or TJ, and our great clubbers, what would you have done? Well, I'm going to imagine I'm going to just start killing emu. Yeah? It's not the right thing to do, but I gotta, I gotta feed my family. World War Two just happened. 
I gotta get that wheat. So you're saying if you were a farmer, you would kill, like you would be killing the emus. I'd be killing these emus. I'd be setting up electric fence and sitting outside with my 12 gauge and just waiting. How big is an emu? Uh, they're like they're around. I think they're like a. I think it could be a hundred pounds, hundred something pounds. I'm. That's fairly big. Yeah, and then they they, you couldn't shoot one. They run at forty miles an hour. Oh my god! Do they really? Yep. What? Yeah. yeah. Well, then never mind. I guess I'm just gonna kiss my ass goodbye. Yep. Whatever you just said is wrong. In 1932, the farmers turned to the government. Which part of the government? Said the white man. In which the farmers replied, "Not the Department of Agriculture. What the hell are they going to do? No, what we need is guns. Now, who in Australia has a lot of guns? Oh, I know." The military. So the farmers of Australia went on down to the military for help against destructive emu. So yeah, so what they thought was like, we could go to like the Department of Agriculture, but like, you know, like, eh, what are they going to do? Tell us to like, change something? They were like, no, we're going to go to the military and fucking get to work. The Department of Agriculture is just going to say tough tiddly. Exactly. So they're like, we want to go with someone who want to shoot some guns. Post-World War One, they got the guns still, you know, I think. Time to kill some Time birds. Time to kill some fucking birds. And maybe, maybe you, is emu meat any good or? Yeah, I heard it is. Oh, there you go. And they make a nice hat. They could be clothing. Maybe you get some eggs. You know? Do they lay eggs? Yeah, they're birds. I, I would imagine they have to. But if, yeah, I think there's emu eggs. You can make some eggs out of that. Some eggs and bakey, you know, or eggs and shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> right? Yeah, with the nice fosters, you know, everything that's exactly Australian. Mm-hmm. Definitely I've not a stereotype. <laughs> oh, did you get a blooming onion? I've been to Outback. Exactly. Yeah, I've been to Outback Steakhouse. Some, I know what is going on. Some traditional Australian cuisine. This introduces into our trip the Minister of Defense, George Pierce. This means war. War with the emu. George Pierce, the smart bloke that he is, made the farmer sign an agreement which said that they would pay for the whole thing and he wouldn't take any of the blame if this war against a treacherous emu went left. So the farmers had to pay for it too? Yes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they had to pay for this, it. This just reminds me of a classic song uh, that goes, "War, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing." <laughs> I have a feeling this is not going to go well. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, we'll we'll see as we go. I feel like, I feel like you know it's not going to go well when uh, when the guy George Pierce says. Okay, you're paying for it all, and also sign this. That means that I can't be held responsible for whatever happens. Yeah, that was his way out of it. Well, you got to find a way to get out of the damn thing, you know? And plus, you got to know this is stupid. But they didn't. They were like, we got to get this done, you know? But it is what it is, man. You know, if you're a farmer in Australia, this is all you can do. This is all. Yeah, I mean, you you just fought in a war. You just got this land. What else are you going to do? Exactly. Sell packs. I don't know. It's 1932, man. Come on. So believe it or not, a war with emus began. Pierce sent out Major G.P.W. Meredith, two men and a camera crew, for some good old Australian propaganda might. 
they were sent with two machine guns to take care of those damn emu in Western Australia. The first battle took place in November at the town of Campion. So they're actually having fun battles. This isn't like them just running out to find where some emus are and killing them. This no. is like a battle. Yes. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, they Now uh, I'm imagining that the emu are like just as prepared and the emu have like their own strategies to fight back. Honestly, believe it or not, when I get into it, it would feel like they did. Meredith and crew spot the emus in the distance, and then they begin to open fire. As bullets rang flying through the air, all the emus separated into smaller groups and then ran away from different directions. Meredith told government officials that they were able to kill, in his words, a number of birds, while majority still got away, so this day was won by the emu. This was because of the emu's ability to take multiple bullets and still be able to run full speed away, which for emus, full speed is 40 miles per hour, which Meredith went on to compare to tanks, in which he said, if we had a military division with the bullet carrying capacity of these birds, it would face any army in the world, Mike. So yeah, no, they lost. Oh my god, yeah, they lost on the first day. Did not. You would think emu must be strong. I thought they'd be like one bullet. They're done. They're birds. They got to be pretty weak. Uh-huh. They're not like ostriches. Ostriches are giant. No, it's just like wow. These are just bullet sponges that can run forty miles an hour. Yeah. Still, even after taking these shots, they were like, "Nah, fam, we're out. We're out of here. You can't do it." Yeah. So it. I mean. Meredith also doesn't sound like he's a smart bloke anyway. I love the camera crew being brought along too, but that's that's besides the fact. Does that mean there's footage of this? It There should be. If not, that would be kind of sad because it was 1932 when this happened, so I can also see there not being. And this also kind of went very left, but we're going to get into that later on. Then... They tried to sneak up on a group of emus near the local dam and began to fire at close range in which ironically through sheer luck or God himself, both guns jammed after only 12 emus were killed and the rest were able to get away. Another win in the books for the strong emu. Okay, so how big, how many people, how many men in this military, like, troop are there? There's three. Oh, so there's only three guys? Three men and a camera crew. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. This... So now I'm seeing this is going to be a lot harder than I would think. Yeah. They came in three people deep thinking, hey, we got this. And then they brought a camera crew for some good old propaganda and was like, all right, we can do this. But they only bought two machine guns. And then, like I said, both guns jammed. So one guy's kind of just watching as this wow, goes that's, on. That's crazy because Australia is huge. You'd think you need more than like two men or like maybe like a vehicle so you could like chase them down or something. Oh, wow. Oh, some foreshadowing there. Oh. From foreshadowing. Also, I mean, yeah, plus you're trying to kill like 20,000. There's 20,000 of them. You're trying to kill like a lot of them. I don't know. I don't know what you were thinking at the time. You know how it is. They're really trying to pad their uh, their KD. Following this disaster, the group was feeling a little humiliated, so they decided to move further south, where the emus were rumored to be more tamed. This time with a new strategy, they mounted a machine gun to the back of a truck and chased the emu by car, while firing out the back of the truck. At this point, you may be wondering, what the fuck is wrong with Australia? 
I was wondering the same thing too. However, just because the government doesn't realize how dumb and how successful we're on emus are, that doesn't mean us media doesn't. This small war turned into a media fiasco, which led to appears being made to look like a dumb match by parliament. In which a member of the opposing party went as far to suggest that emus should be awarded medals of honor because they had won every round of this stupid war. This led to Pierce calling this dumb war off. Wow. I, I, you know what? I'm kind of for that. Give the emus some gold medals, some medals of honor. I'm ready for it. How are the farmers that like paid for this responding? Are they like, no, 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 guys. This war needs to keep going. We need our crops. Or are they like, wow, you guys really do look dumb. So you might then believe that this is the end of this war. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you would be wrong. Following all this, a few days later, the farmers approached Pierce again saying that the emus are still eating their crops and once again requested help for the military. George Pierce's dumbass obliged, leading to part two of the emu war. Why did he oblige? Didn't he? He wasn't like, oh, I learned my lesson. I look like a fool. We got our asses handed to us. He's like, all right, I guess I still want to keep killing these emu. Probably because they already paid. Why? I don't understand why. What's his incentive? I feel like for me, per- votes. Not really votes. I'm looking at it as more of like a. He felt humiliated, so he was like, "It's like a revenge thing." Like you know, like fuck you. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm getting something out of this, you know. Like when you, you've had that one guy who you like. Well, you've been in that situation where you've been in like an argument or something. You're like, I gotta get the last. Laugh. So this is like. So it's not even that he wants to. It's just like out of spite. Yeah, I feel like it's out of spite at this point. Like he got humiliated by Parliament. He got shitted on. He's like, you think I'm just gonna let this end right here? Oh hell no! No 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 no! This is not over. This is not over. You hear me? You hear me, you son of a bitch, you emu? This is not over. <laughs> the emu are like, I don't even know what you're saying. I'm out of yeah, here. Yeah, like, I'm gonna dude, run 40 miles an hour away from you. Yeah, like, look, man, I'm out of here, dude. I'm just here to eat some crops. There shouldn't have been this much wheat when I came back. Fuck off. But I mean, it is what it is. Australia is known for kind of, except for the two people who listen. Shout out to you, but you know, sometimes your country does some dumb things. We, I feel like it's kind of like the Wild West there. Sometimes, yeah, especially in 1932, I feel like it literally was the Wild West. Like you could just, you know, everybody was sitting in the middle shooting guns at each other. There were some tumbleweeds going around, you know. Oh, I wish I was. Yeah. I wish I was around back then. Well, in Australia, not in the U.S. Not in the U.S. at all. I want no beefs, unless I'm in the Midwest. The rest of America is kind of uh, at this time. But uh, so also Australia has not only do uh, does Australia have ostriches, which are huge and kind of scary. If I feel like if they're aggressive, yeah. they also have cassowaries, which are just like hideously terrifying. Yeah, don't they also have? Do they have alligators? I know they have kangaroos, or at least the movie Kangaroo Jack would make me believe that. I feel like they probably do have crocodiles and alligators because of... But maybe that's just me thinking of Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go by that. I'm going to go by that and Kangaroo Jack. That is the most I know about Australia. Those two things. Yeah. That seems fair. That seems like a really accurate depiction. This time, Meredith and crew were ready for all the plays that the emus had. 
and then they began to rip through as many as 300 emus per week. Despite all this, media didn't care at all. But Pierce, who found out that a thousand emus were taken out, decided to finally call an end to this dumb war. He then returned to Parliament and declared victory on the devilish emu. However, this victory was achieved, even though there were still 19,000 other emus running around, and a reported 10,000 rounds of ammunition was used. This was not a victory for Pierce, but rather a victory for emus everywhere, who never realized that humans can be defeated. This led to a bounty system later being put out on emus in Australia. On the bright side, war was indeed over. That was the Great Emu War of 1932. You know, I was going to say, I feel like a bounty system is a good idea because that's a, we do that sometimes for invasive species. It makes sense. And then it puts all the pressure then on the farmers to protect their own land. Then you're not on the hook at all. Yeah, kind of. I like that. I felt that. I feel like they should have just did that at the start anyway. Instead of like going through like a whole war thing. Yeah. I feel like that's that's insane. You'd never hear about that. Could you imagine how ridiculous that would be if, like, in America, they were like, there's too many pigeons in New York, so we're going to wage a war against pigeons or something weird like that. Yeah. Especially because Australia is, like, so, like, when I think of Australia, I think of wildlife more than I think of, like, the human stuff. And they're just, like, waging a war against nature. I feel like that never plays out well. Exactly, and plus, isn't it, like, I'm pretty sure, like, emus are their, well, it is their national birth, so it kind of was weird anyway that they would be like, you know what, I'm killing this. this. It's their national bird? Yes. You know, I was just thinking, so they have emus, which are flightless birds, they got ostriches, which are flightless birds, and they got kiwis, right? Kiwis are in Australia, too. They're good fruit, yeah. Well, are they in Australia, or are they in New Zealand? Probably in both. They're also flightless birds. What's all the, what's with all the flightless birds in, uh, in the, Australia? And all those birds are heavy too. It's not like they're like light birds. Like these fucks are huge and they run forever. Especially emus. But I don't know how. I wonder how fast an ostrich runs. I bet it's. Fa- I bet they. So I looked it up. Horses run fifty-five miles an hour, which is really fast. Yeah. Um, because I was wondering if they ran faster than horses. Um, ostriches run. Uh, 43 miles an hour, so about okay, about so as fast as Nemo. They're a little bit quicker. All right. I like it. I'm pro it. But, yeah. That's all I have for you all for Conspiracy Club this week. I now bid adieu to you all and adjourn this meeting. Thomas, you know, do your plugs. All right. So you guys can join the club by following us on Instagram and Twitter at Tom and Amir. Um, we got, you know, relevant conspiracy-related stuff as well as stuff related to the episodes there, so make sure you give those a follow. And then also, it helps the podcast out if you rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you use. And also, just tell your friends about the podcast. Word of mouth is pretty big uh, for podcasts in the podcast community, especially up-and-coming podcasts like ours. But that's all I have to say. Amir, did you want to say something about, uh, about this emu war in Australia? And like I say every week, join the club and damn this conspiracy club and all emus and australians everywhere might are fooked thank you <laughs>